And in doing so, I believe that we will understand what the will of the Lord is for our lives. Have you ever asked that question to yourself, to the Lord, to someone else saying, man, if I only knew what God's will was for my life, if I only knew. Well, I believe it can be answered in a few different ways. I'm going to give us three today. Welcome to The Cleansing Word. We invite you to stay with us as Pastor John Pinnell of Calvary Chapel Lake Villa takes us through a verse-by-verse study from God's Word. Each Monday through Friday, we'll be airing messages to encourage you in your faith that you might grow in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I hope that you enjoy this broadcast and I'll return at the close of this teaching to give you more information about our church and how you can obtain a copy of this message. Now here's Pastor John with today's message from God's Word. The meat of this passage in Ephesians 5 verses 15 through 21 of walking in wisdom or walking circumspectly I'm going to go ahead and read through the passage, open us in prayer, and then we'll get into the teaching. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Do not be drunk with wine, which is dis... dis, I can't say the word. Yeah, you guys can say it. I can't say it. Dissipation. I've been... uh, The teacher service, we've been working on this. You guys were singing. I was running this word over and over in my head. What I want to do is say dispensation. I want to, yeah, it's an entirely different word, but that's what comes to mind. And uh, I failed again. So anyways, sorry. But be filled with the Spirit. Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing, making melody in your hearts to the Lord. Giving thanks always. For all things to God the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of God. And Father, I pray that you'd bless this teaching, our time together today. Help us to better learn how we should walk as believers. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're to walk circumspectly. It's uh, not the circumspectly. We'll get to that in a moment. But the idea of walk in the Greek is peripateo, and it's something that Paul, I believe, used in his epistles, in nine of the epistles, he used that word 31 times, seven times in the epistle of Ephesians. He was concerned about our walk as believers. Twice the word was used in a negative way, but the other five times it was a positive. In Ephesians 2.10, that we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. He's created us to do good works. And he's prepared 
beforehand, he's prepared works for us to do, that we should walk in those works that God has prepared for us. Ephesians 4.1, Therefore, the prisoner of the Lord beseech you, walk worthy of the calling which you were called. And so back to the walk, it, it's a word that means to tread all around. And I've said that because this is the seventh time that we've come across this word in the book of Ephesians. It's the last time he'll use the word. But it's talking about our way of life. It's how we tread our path in life, that we are to walk worthy of the calling by which we've been called. Ephesians 4, 17, this I say, therefore, I testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk. So we're not to walk as the rest of the world. Remember, the term for Gentiles is simply those who are without faith, the idea of it. Now, technically, I'm not Jewish, so I'm a Gentile as far as that is concerned. But Paul had this mindset that if you're without God, you're without faith. Don't walk like the rest of the world, we would say today. Ephesians 5, 2, walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us in offering and sacrifice to God, a sweet-smelling aroma. So we're to walk in love. Agapeo is the Greek word. It's a sacrificial love, and he gives the example through Jesus' sacrifice on the cross that became a sweet-smelling aroma to his Father in heaven. We're to walk in the same manner. Ephesians 5.8, you were once in darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. You are light in the Lord. You're believers in Jesus Christ. Walk as believers then in Jesus Christ. And then our verse today is 5.15, see that you walk circumspectly. That word circumspectly, it is a word that means to conform to a strict uh, standard. It, it speaks about having both detail and completeness in our life. So we're walking in a strict standard that is of faith. We're walking in such a way that we will be seen as children or people of faith. To walk circumspectly, it comes as a result of our faith in Jesus Christ. You cannot walk circumspectly the way that Paul is desiring here, apart from knowing Jesus as our Savior. And, and it begins with the forgiveness of sin. It begins with salvation. And we have salvation. Most of us come to faith in Jesus Christ, number one, to be forgiven of our sins, to be saved. But saved from what? Saved from death and hell. To go to heaven. So we have salvation and we have our our journey home to heaven, the in-between. You ever, I'm sure you have been to gravesides and you got the tombstones there and there's date of birth and there's date of death and there's the dash in between. It has been said that life is about the dash that's in between. We have salvation, our second birth, and we have life um, in heaven awaiting for us, but it's from salvation to heaven. It's that in between that the Lord is worried about here, that he's concerned with, that Paul is writing about. It's how we are to walk, the in between our salvation in heaven, to walk circumspectly. We're to not walk as fools, but as the wise. It's Two different Greek words, but they come from the same root. Um, sophos is the word for wise. Asophos is the word for fools. And so it's just a, a negative uh, meaning of wise, to be unwise, to be foolish, or to be wise, to have understanding, to be prudent in our, 
in our ways. We're to walk in wisdom, not as fools. Solomon talked a lot in Proverbs about the foolish man. I'm going to read a couple of things from him, but the Bible itself um, speaks about this wisdom that we're to have, this sophos that we are to have. Solomon said in Proverbs 14:8, the wisdom of the prudent is to understand his ways, but the folly of the fools is deceit. The wisdom of the prudent is to understand his ways. It's really to consider to think about the path that we're on. But the folly of fools is deceit because they don't consider the path that they're on. They don't consider the outcome of that path, and it becomes a very dangerous way of life. So the sophos, it's used in 1 Corinthians 3.10. I really like this one because it's used of the training or the experience of a master builder. And in one area in my life as a brick mason, I could be considered a master builder. I don't know everything about the trade, but I know quite enough to build wisely. And that's what Paul says we are to do in a similar way with our spiritual walk in 1 Corinthians 3.10. According to the grace of God, which was given to me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another builds on it. But let each one take heed how he builds on it. Paul says, I've laid the foundation. The foundation he's referring to is the foundation of Jesus Christ. I've laid the foundation of Jesus Christ. Another is building upon it. He was talking about others who came in ministry after him. Apollos, one of those fellows, that Paul was the first to proclaim the gospel to the church in Corinth. It wasn't even a church before Paul got there. People got saved. They formed a church. But Paul said, now people are, other people are coming behind me. They're building upon it. And he says, be careful on how you build. So the foundation is Jesus Christ. Now we have, in faith in Jesus Christ, we too are building upon that foundation of Jesus Christ. And there is that warning that we should take heed how we build upon it. We should build as a wise master builder. You know, you construct a building. The foundation is crucial if you're going to have a successful building. You think about the foundation when an architect or a structural engineer, this is really their field, their area, they have to consider the weight of the building that is going to be set upon the foundation. They have to consider the ground that the uh, building is going to be built upon. Can it, can it handle such in uh, Marietta? They built a chapel. It's Calvary Chapel Conference Center out in California, and there's a lot of water around there. And in Southern California, the water table is really not that far down. They were digging at Calvary Chapel Costa Mesa. They told me that they reached seawater at something like 20 feet as they were digging down. When we were in the uh, Northridge quake, which was a pretty great shake, we felt what land built on top of seawater feels like because we were just like we were on a boat, just kind of floating around down there where we lived in Santa Ana at that time. But when they built the chapel at Marietta Conference Center, they had to go down 65 feet, I believe, to hit bedrock. They calculated the weight of the building. And they realized that it would never be able to support. The ground itself could not support the building if they built it upon a normal thing around here, get below the frost, go down four feet, you'll be fine. That's kind of normal around here. But when you start considering the weight, the depths of the building, the John Hancock building, 
they didn't hit seawater. They hit water from Lake Michigan, and they went deep pouring concrete to build the stilts upon which that building stands. We have to consider the foundation that we're building our life upon. As a wise master builder, it begins with the foundation. The foundation for us is Jesus Christ. Now, we have the foundation of Jesus Christ. We have been saved. Now we need to, that dash in between, we need to consider what we're building upon that foundation. And I believe that's what Paul is referring to here in this passage, to walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as the wise, that we're considering that which we are building upon the foundation of Jesus Christ. We're considering the lives that we live as believers in Jesus Christ. So Foss in Romans 16, 19, it's having the right understanding in our daily lives. In Romans 16, 19, for your obedience has become known to all. Therefore, I am glad on your behalf, but I want you to be wise in what is good, simple concerning evil. Wise in what is good, simple concerning evil. You know, this verse has spoken to me many times in my life. In many ways, I am very naive to a lot of the ways of the world. I am simple concerning a lot of the ways of the world, and I choose to be. I choose to be naive. I don't want to know everything because there's things out there that it's not going to help me any if I know about it. If I want to know the life of prostitution, that I would go and hang out with prostitutes and and really get the feel. And people do this, but I think it'd be wise to to not, to just stay innocent, stay naive in those areas in our walk. Speaking of prostitution, one it made me think of a, a flight home that Lily had from the pastor's conference in California. She, her gal who was sitting next to her, her and her husband made adult films. And so Lily was sitting next to this low rate budget adult film star person. And, and what a contrast between the two ladies that was sitting on that plane. One who was building unwisely and had no foundation of Jesus Christ. One who had a foundation of Jesus Christ. Building her life in such a way that brings honor to our Lord. You know, we need to stay simple in regards to the ways of the world. Don't figure it out. Many years ago, Pastor Chuck, probably in 1993-94, I was part of the fellowship. Out there at the time, we were living out there, and he said something that homosexuals do in their sexual advances toward each other. But he, he used a term that I'd never heard before. And I thought, I wonder what that is. And I decided that I'm going to stay ignorant in regards to that. I, through reading, discovered what that is. I wish I didn't know now. I wish I would have remained simple, ignorant. It's done me no good to know And even now, as I'm teaching, I have that thought in my head. It's no good. It's worthless information. I wish I would have remained simple as far as that understanding is concerned. So Ephesians 5.15, so fast, meaning wise, it could be translated, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise people, but as wise Solomon says in Solomon 4, 25 through 27, let your eyes look straight ahead. The blinkers, the winkers, once again, let your eyes look straight ahead and your eyelids look right before you. 
Ponder the path of your feet. Let all your ways be established. Do not turn to the right or to the left. Remove your foot from evil. So having that desire to walk circumspectly, to consider the path that we have set before us. Because, he goes on to say in verse 16, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Paul's days were evil. Our days are evil. I don't think we need to really argue about that. The news this week in Chicago, they were celebrating that one day in Chicago, one 24-hour period, there was no shootings and or killings in Chicago. They had one day out of the whole year, and it was to celebrate. I was wondering how cold it was on that day. Perhaps (laughs) nobody wanted to be out on that particular day to be about their business of shooting and killing one another, but even getting stuck in the house if your life's down that path. It's, it's a dangerous place. But we celebrate when we have one single day out of the year where no one is shot or no one is killed in our city in Chicago. The days are evil. And so we're to redeem the time. The Greek word means to buy up or to ransom. You know, it's that silence right there. We cannot redeem it once again. It's gone. It's every second that passed in our life, every minute, every hour, every day, every year. We can't go back. Have you ever said, I wish I could go back? I wish I would have said, I wish I would have done. But we can't redeem the time once It's gone. It's gone. And so we're to, as a wise master builder, build our lives upon the firm foundation of Jesus Christ, walking circumspectly in our lives, redeeming the time because we can't reclaim the time once it is past to live in such a way that people know that we are followers, believers in Jesus Christ. I believe people on the inside of our fellowship, our brothers and sisters here in our fellowship, but it's also the outside. Paul only used this phrase, redeeming the time, one other time in his epistles, and it's in Colossians 4, verses 5 and 6. Walk in wisdom, according to those who are outside, redeeming the time. Let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each other. So walk in wisdom concerning those outside, outside of faith. We walk in wisdom. We watch how we talk, how we speak. We know how we ought to answer one another. You know, if we know how we ought to answer, it means that we don't have to have one of those. I wish I would have never said that. I wish I could reclaim those words. And it's too late when we have those thoughts. The days we live in are evil. But the light of Jesus Christ is available to all who will receive him through faith in his name. If we walk as fools by not redeeming the time that the Lord has given us, we will find darkness will overtake us. But if we continue in this lost state, we find that we don't know where we're going. Jesus said this in John 12, verse 35. He says, A little while longer, the light is with you. Walk while you have light, lest darkness overtake you. He who walks in darkness does not know where he was going. Have you ever been in complete darkness? 
Have you ever gotten in a cave somewhere? I, my experience in cave life is down in either in southern Illinois or in Kentucky. And in Kentucky, they have the mammoth cave systems down there. And Lily and I have been there at least two times, maybe three times. The one cave tour I always wanted to go on, I think I'm not cut out for it anymore because it's called the Wild Man Cave Tour. It's six hours of crawling through holes and crevices. And man, I always wanted to do that. And we, it was booked in six months in advance and we tried to drop in and get on that tour and never was able to. Or the last time we were there we were with our children and they were way too young, so we couldn't take them on the Wild Man. But we went on a tour with our kids called the Lantern Tour. And you simply go into the cave system without electric lights. Now you can go into the Mammoth Cave System. They have a restaurant in one of the deep um, caverns in there that can feed up to 250 people in this cave. So it's a large cave. And they have it all lit up. But you can go in there on the lantern tour and all you have is the little light that you're carrying with you and not everyone gets a light. But there was a point in the middle of the cave where he, he shut it down. Everybody turns their lights off. And they do this if you're in the electric light tour. It's the cool thing to do to let you see what total darkness is like. The absence of light. And you cannot see your hand before your face. You cannot see anything. On this particular tour, we turned the lights off and then he lit a single match after a while and lit a piece of cotton ball or linen and he took a stick and he was tossing it. You could see quite a bit with just that one little ball of fire. But he tossed it over to a place that he was looking for where someone probably 150 years ago or so or even further got lost in that cave in darkness in that point and died sitting there on the crevice on the other side of the wall. Complete darkness. Not knowing your way out. Jesus said, those who walk in that type of darkness, they do not know where they're going. They don't know the outcome. But he warns us as believers in John 12, 35, walk while you have the light, lest darkness overtake you. So there is this danger, even as believers, if we walk as if we don't have the light, then darkness or sin and death can overtake us. We can fall backwards so easily. So the days are evil that we live in. We're to walk in such a way that we don't lose sight of our goal. We have our blinkers on, our blinders on. We're to walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as the wise. We're to learn how to redeem the time that the Lord has given us. And in doing so, I believe that we will understand what the will of the Lord is for our lives. Have you ever asked that question to yourself, to the Lord, to someone else saying, man, if I only knew what God's will was for my life, if I only knew, I believe it can be answered in a few different ways. I'm going to give us three today. Number one, the will of God is that every man should be saved. According to 1 Timothy 2 verses 1 through 3, Paul says to Timothy, therefore I exhort, first of all, that supplications, prayer, intercession, Givings of thanks be made for all men, for kings and all who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceful life in all goodness and reverence. 
For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, verse 4 says, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. God's will, first and foremost, is that all mankind, every one of us, should be saved and come to the knowledge of truth, of who his Son is, who Jesus Christ is. Secondly, there is that will of God that Paul referred to in the very first verse of Ephesians, chapter 1, verse 1, where Paul says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God. Paul says, I am an apostle by the will of God. I know what God's will is for my life. But thirdly, I believe that God's will for our life could simply mean following the things that we know that he says in Scripture. So often we're so worried about, I wonder what the will of God is for my life. And we're trying to search for that one thing that God wants us to do. But he's given us several things that he already has given us information of the things that we should be doing. Father, thank you so much for this day and for this time. I pray, Lord, that we would be a people that would desire to walk in such a way that brings glory to your name. Lord, help us to be concerned about the dash in the middle, about the life that we live, that we would redeem the days and the time because the days are evil. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Calvary Chapel is a fellowship of believers in the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Our greatest desire is to know Christ and to be conformed into His image by the power of His Holy Spirit. If you would like more information about Calvary Chapel, or if you would like a copy of today's message, please contact us at 847-265-0646. That's 847-265-0646. Thank you so much for joining us today, and may the Lord richly bless you as you worship Him today. Thank you.